Today on Locked On A's, the Alameda County Board of Supervisors eventually voted yes to a non-binding vote, aiding the city of Oakland with some of the financing for Howard Terminal and that project. So that's some good news. So we're going to be talking about the big vote, what it means, what's next for the ballpark project, along with some quick thoughts about the first game of the World Series. Let's get into it, you guys. This is going to be a fun episode. You are Locked On A's. Your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It's time for Locked On A's. Stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. How's it going, A's fans? And welcome to episode 374 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke. And on today's episode, we got a yes vote. It took seven friggin' hours, but we got a yes vote. The ballpark project is not dead yet again. And so that's good. That's good news. We have good news. What does it all mean? We're going over that today. And also the World Series is happening. So we're going to talk about that. So that is what we have on today's episode. But before I get into any of that stuff, today's episode is brought to you guys by Rock Auto. They have amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. Also, make sure to Subscribe to the podcast wherever you like to hear podcasts. We are free and available on all podcast platforms. And thank you so much for making Locked On A's your first listen of the day. Also, if you don't like listening and you like uh, seeing seeing this face that goes with the voice, which is uh, is weird for some people. I've gotten those comments and I apologize for my appearance. This is just my face. Um, we are also available on YouTube. We do these same episodes on YouTube. So if you like watching videos on YouTube, go subscribe. And if you're already on YouTube, uh, one, if you're not subscribed, please subscribe. Uh, also like the, like the videos that helps, uh, comment down below. That helps a lot. We're going to have a lot of, uh, discussion topics on today's episode. So make sure to let your voice be heard in the comments down below. And if that isn't your, your cup of tea either, we're also available and by available, I mean on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter and in the Spotify Green Room app. If you guys have any questions for us, please send those to lockedonathletics at gmail.com. So let me preface this episode by saying I was not ready for the slog that this meeting became. Wow, was there a lot of dumb questions being asked by the supervisors and a lot of hurt feelings from the board, but I will talk about that in the next segment. Right now, we're talking about the good news, and that is the yes vote. So let's focus on that good news, and that is that the Alameda County Board of Supervisors voted yes by a 4-1 to margin to help pay for some of the Howard Terminal ballpark project. The quick answer to what does that mean is basically the dream of Howard Terminal is still alive for the hearts in the hearts of A's fans. It's still alive technically as well. So that's that's good. Uh, a no vote would have basically ended baseball in Oakland. We got a yes vote. 
baseball in Oakland still has a prayer. It's not like it's a bad thing. This is, you know, just incrementally moving moving forward. That's all that we're doing. They're just dotting the I's, crossing the T's, doing all that stuff. So that is what's going on. Uh, but what did the vote help out with? What did they actually vote on? And per Alex Espinosa, who's written basically anywhere that you read A's content, he said that uh, Alameda will now be co-creating an enhanced infrastructure financing district in EIFD, which is different than the environmental impact report. This is an EIFD, that is the infrastructure financing district, with the city of Oakland. They're going to be doing it together, co-creating, uh, to help finance off-site infrastructure costs uh, related to the $6 billion ballpark project. These EIFDs will allow the project to capture future tax revenues from the county and city to be used on the pro projected $352 million off-site infrastructure bill for things like pedestrian safety and tr transportation upgrades around the ballpark in the city of Oakland. Um, so that's that's all good news. That's coming from Alex Espinosa. I believe it's from 95.7 The Game. Are they still the game? I don't know. I don't listen to the radio anymore. It's all podcasts and music and audiobooks for me. So sorry, 95.7. You're a dying media. <laughs> but moving on. Uh, Oakland Mayor Libby Schaff released a statement after the vote. Here is the statement in its entirety. Quote, tonight's vote by the Alameda County Board of Supervisors is a historic action that creates a clear path to keep the A's rooted in Oakland and build a world-class waterfront ballpark district that will benefit Bay Area residents for generations to come. Great lead to this statement from Libby Schaff. Uh, you gotta love a good political statement. The vote supports, and this is continuing the quotes and the, the statement, the vote supports a financial framework that will produce incredible community benefits, including 18 acres of new public parks along the waterfront, desperately needed affordable housing, and great union jobs. Dave Cavill was very big on the union jobs. He kept saying, Hi, we are committed to union jobs. And this is all while protecting our taxpayers from the mistakes of the past and keeping our port thriving and active. Is it thriving? I thought it was just land that wasn't being used. Anyways, moving on. Quotes, uh, the city and county now stand to earn tens of millions of dollars in new revenues from an underutilized piece of land. Thriving and active, underutilized, you you pick, it's fine. Uh, and these are revenues that would never exist without the development of the future water uh, waterfront ballpark district. So it's thriving and active, and also this wouldn't... What, I'm not I'm not picking this apart. I, I liked Libby Schaff today, and I'll talk about that here in a second. Uh, but ending up, uh, th this is how her thing ends. Today's support from Alameda County makes it clear to Major League Baseball that our region is all in to keep the A's rooted in Oakland. Sticking with the rooted in Oakland. I don't know how I feel about that. We look forward to continue working with the A's and to issuing a final environmental impact report by the end of this year. Keep that in mind for a sec. And as well as negotiating a binding development agreement, we will return to city council for a final vote as swiftly and as prudently as possible, end quote. So 
good stuff in there. I know that I made fun, but good stuff in there from Libby Chef. Uh, gives you kind of an idea of what's coming up next, and I'm going to go into that a little bit more in detail here in a minute. But um, yeah, and I, I do want to say Libby Chef was great today. She really was a champion for this project. She really did the legwork for Dave Cavill, I guess, because uh, he was like, yeah, here's the, he wasn't as much of a jerk in this meeting, so that was nice. But uh, Libby Schaff was really like, no, we really need to do this. This is an amazing project. Think of all the benefits that this project brings. And she was really selling it. And I appreciate that out of Libby Schaff as an Ace fan. Uh, do I get to vote for her? No. Would I vote for her? I don't know. Uh, because I don't have to vote for her. Don't know her politics. But I've heard, not great. But uh, in this regard, she did a pretty good job. So thank you to Libby Schaff for this one thing that she's done. I'm not looking into your record. Um, and so that the A's maybe have a champion in Libby Chef, the, the Oakland mayor, Libby Chef, and getting this potential project done. May, maybe she can push it past the finish line. We'll see, I guess. But coming up, what is next for the project? What other deadlines do they have to meet? All of that stuff. And also, I have some gripes to pick with the Alameda County Board of Supervisors. So stay locked in with Locked On A's, and I will be right back. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all of the parts that you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter just orders parts on their computer while choosing the only brand that their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. I'm talking about your phones, people. They're computers. Use them to visit Rock Auto. And you can save time and money when visiting rockauto.com. Why choose to spend 30 or 50 or 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? That doesn't make sense. That's not good financial responsibility. I don't Fiscal responsibility, let's call it. Uh, rockauto.com is also a family business, and they've been serving do-it-yourselfers online for 20 years. So all you got to do to get some of these parts is go to rockauto.com right now and see all of the parts available for your car or truck. Right? Locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? And let them know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Welcome back to the Locked On A's podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to subscribe to our new YouTube channel. Follow us wherever you like to hear podcasts. And also, thank you so much for making Locked On A's your first listen of the day. You can also follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at ByJasonB on Twitter and in the Spotify Green Room app. If you guys have any questions, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So what does all of this mean for the A's project, the ballpark project moving forward. According to Casey Pratt, who I keep mentioning whenever I talk about the ballpark, the ballpark project, I keep mentioning Casey Pratt because he has been doing phenomenal work on this subject and getting the actual details out. And this is why I stayed away from it for so long is because there was so much misinformation. I was like, what is real? And Casey Pratt does a great job of just cutting through the BS. Follow him on Twitter. Set his set his tweets on alerts. Just you'll be able to follow things a lot easier. So, uh, according to Casey Pratt, the next big thing on the A's docket 
is they, they need to, re well, it's not really a, a good thing for the A's in Oakland, but the next big thing on the A's docket is that they are going to release the final Vegas sites that are on their list. Who made the cut for the Vegas A's? What cities are they looking at? Henderson? What what, what other cities are there? Na name another. Reno? Nevada? I don't know. What are other cities in Nevada? I don't care. Um, and so that list should be coming up shortly after the World Series. The World Series just started. We'll be talking about it in the next segment. Um, so it definitely will look like Howard Terminal is just taking a step backward or is off the table. And that's probably going to be the narrative from certain chronicles from across the bay. But, <laughs> but this is all part of the process. It is a planned part of the process right now. Uh, they don't have an official agreement. So they're going to keep going with their parallel paths and all of that. But... It is part of the process. Do not be uh, taken aback when you see it in a couple of weeks. It's it's planned. It's going to happen. It doesn't mean baseball is not going to stay in Oakland. Because as, as we've heard many times from Libby Chef, rooted in Oakland. <laughs> Anyways, next up for Howard Terminal, though, uh, we got the EIR or the Environmental Impact Report, which should be released by the end of the year. Uh, since we're close to the end of 2021, that's sometime in the next two months. I'm assuming that they're not going to be doing it over the Christmas break, so I assume it would be the first part of December, so maybe even less than two months, we should be seeing the EIR, the Environmental Impact Report, and from what I've heard in reading reports, it should be, it, everything's been looking okay, and they, they can address other things, but everything has been looking okay, they should be able, they should get a green light from that. We'll see what the report says when it comes out. Uh, from there, we're looking at the we're looking out for the developmental uh, the development agreement, which should be coming in early 2022. They need the EIR to do the agreement, so it's just a matter of this thing has to get done, and then this thing, and then this. It's politics. It's just how things work, which we're going to talk about here in a sec. Um, and then finally, we'll be looking for the binding votes. Not these, no more of these non-binding votes that take all of my day. We're looking for binding votes from the city of Oakland, the county of Alameda, and the port of Oakland itself. Those are three big votes that will essentially determine, once everything else is there, whether or not there will be baseball in Oakland for generations to come, as Louis Jeff put it. But uh, that, that is all for future days and future, uh, you know, things. But right now we're talking about my gripes. Let's talk about some people that really angered me. Did I catch their names? No. So this is just general anger just for the Board of Supervisors in Alameda. There were so many simple questions being asked by this board that I was just stunned at how unprepared they were for such a monumental moment for A's baseball. Sure, do I tune into a lot of these things? No. Am I a huge A's fan and have an A's podcast and, you know, have a lot of my personality invested in the Oakland A's? Yes. And, uh, wow, they did not care and I did not like it. So, at least a dozen times they had to ask what a non-binding vote is. It's in the title. It's a non-binding vote. They're like, is it a, is there any legal recourse? Like, if we vote yes on this, can, is there a legal recourse? Can, can we be convicted of felony for this? No. No, you can't. It's a non-binding vote. Nothing happens. It just means, yeah, we want to see how this goes. That's all it is, you guys. Ugh. 
was maddening. I there it's it's in the name non-binding vote. That is what it is. It is a non-binding vote. This is a huge hang-up for these for these five people. And arguably added another hour to the meeting is just them figuring out what a non-binding vote was. I've tuned into like two hours of these meetings, and I knew what it was. Mostly because it's intuitive. Elected officials. <laughs> the way they meant... The, 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 there's also... Uh, one of them said that uh, they, they need to do their due diligence, and they, that's on them for doing their due diligence... But after questions like, what's a non-binding vote? You can tell that they hadn't done any diligence and it was not due. What were they? They were wasting my time. <laughs> I had to take pictures for, for our Christmas cards and they did not uh, adhere to my schedule for the day. I missed a couple of hours of this thing and I thought that it would be over. It was not. It was still going and it went on forever. But the way that they meant that they had to do their due diligence was that they didn't have enough time to look at everything. And honestly, most of the questions that they had, I could have answered. I've attended one virtual meeting that lasted two hours and I'm not in government by any means. And am I trained for this? No. I could have answered their questions. Some of them were more like, hey, so where's this money coming from? But for those ones, I was looking at uh, the slide that was right in front of me. And I was like, oh, there's the answer. It's right there. It's highlighted. It's not that hard, you guys. Pay attention. You're given the answers. It was an open book test. They failed. <laughs> I mean, they, they, they got there at the end. So I guess that they, they passed. It was like a B. But they sucked at this. They wasted so much time. The board was also super hurt that they were not invited into the process until five months ago. And they let their feelings be known over and over and over. And they're like, Ugh. I mean, it really stinks that we couldn't have been in, uh, you know, a part of this earlier on. But I'm like, well, w they didn't need you early on. They want to streamline the process. They want to make it go quickly. Is it cutting corners? Maybe. I don't, I'm not involved in the process, but they didn't need you. Now they do. And they're like, hey, you guys want in? They're like, you, you guys want to reap some of the benefits of this ballpark project? And they're like, pfft. We weren't invited to the party. Sure, we're getting millions of dollars, but meh, my feelings. Mm. And I know that people complain about millennials or Gen Z or whoever in their feelings, but these are all old people getting in their feelings about not being invited to the party earlier. They had five months to prepare for this thing. They were not prepared. So how is wasting any everybody's time good for this process at all? It, it just makes everybody, it made me very angry. But, uh, and then there's Supervisor Carson. I did write down his name or her name. I actually don't know. I don't remember. I think it was a guy. And uh, they did not know. I don't remember if it was a guy or, or a girl, but I, I think it was a guy that was talking. It was, again, like eight hours ago at this point. I don't remember. But they didn't know what but for money was. And I was about to throw my phone out the friggin' window because this person is in government he should know things like this. Uh, but here's here's the explanation for people that are not in government or haven't paid attention or, you know, listened to, who haven't attended any of these meetings. But for money is basically uh, money that does not exist without the project happening. That's but for money in a nutshell. There you go. Boom. That, there's but for money. I did that. I make coffee for a living. Do better, 
supervisor or yeah, supervisor Carson, do better. That that's an easy one. That's a layup. I know we're talking baseball, but that's a layup. <laughs> it's really easy, you guys. I don't understand why this was so confusing for these people. Uh, and this is just a little bit of, of the snippet from the. It was a maddening meeting. It I, I when I went to go take pictures for our uh, holiday cards, uh, it, it looked like everything was great. And then I looked at my phone an hour and a half later, and I was like, "Oh no, everything's on fire! What happened?" And then, then they went on hiatus for uh, for a minute. And <sighs> this process is stupid. Is all I'm gonna say. There were hours of dumb questions and just a general lack of knowledge on the Zoom call. And they're tasked with making the best decisions, not only on this project, but for the community of Alameda County. How, how are these the best that we had? Pay attention to your local uh, elections is all I'm going to say. This is nonsense. Uh, anyways, these are my main takeaways. Is I, I didn't like any of these people because they wasted so much of my day. Uh, but also, they wound up with the right answer. So that was cool. Uh, it felt like they would all vote yes from the beginning. And then uh, it sounded like everything went on fire when I wasn't paying attention. And then everything turned out okay. So I don't know. Uh, it was it was fun. It took them seven hours of just blathering and complaining about why they weren't invited to the party sooner to get to the yes vote. But they got there. So how mad can I actually be? I don't know. Coming up on the show, Atlanta did not blather on. They just came out and took game one. I'm talking about it, so stay locked in with Locked On A's, and I will be right back. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code locked on to receive your bonus. That is code locked on. We changed it a couple of weeks ago. It is now locked on. That is locked like a like a key. They when it locks, it's a locked and then on. You know, like locked on A's. It's that simple. It's just one word, it's all capitalized. Uh, locked on is the code you want to use for your 50% welcome bonus. And they got everything from football, basketball, the baseball postseason, which is coming to a close. There's only potentially six more games left. We're talking about it soon. Uh, there's the NHL just started. Sounds like fun. Uh, they got boxing and UFC. And then they also have your favorite Vegas casino games. Do not wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to place a bet on all of your favorite sports. And that's because bet online is where the game starts. Welcome back to the Locked On Ace podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to hit subscribe on our new YouTube channel. We got 140 subscribers. Let's get it up to 150 by the end of the day, you guys. Just hit that subscribe button. That's all I'm asking. And then I will ask you for more and more each and every episode. Um, and if you guys are already on YouTube, make sure to comment below with your thoughts and feelings of this meeting. I didn't like it. Let me know what you guys thought. Uh, you can you guys can also follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at my Jason B on Twitter and in the Spotify green room app. If you guys have any questions, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. But before we wrap up today, Atlanta took Game One of the World Series 
6-2 over Houston in Houston, scoring five runs in the first three innings and just kind of cruising the victory from there. And this included a leadoff home run from Jorge Soler. Nice, uh, nice trade deadline acquisition. And that was in the top of the first. And then a two-run shot from Adam Duvall in the third. Soler is the first player in World Series history to hit a leadoff home run in the top of the first inning. I assume with that caveat, that means that somebody has done it in the bottom of the first inning, but they didn't give me that stat, so didn't use it. Uh, the big story that came out of this game, however, is that Atlanta starter Charlie Morton only, only lasted two and a third innings uh, because he was removed after being hit by a comebacker above the ankle and landing, and then... Uh, it, it hit him on the angle on his landing leg, and then he pitched more. And then he, he pitched another scoreless inning, or he faced three batters, got them all out. And then he, as he was planting on that planting leg, you could almost see it like go, and uh, fracture. So he has a broken leg. He was pitching with a fractured leg, you guys, and he got three more outs in the World Series. Adrenaline is wild, but... uh. Yeah, that is that is some toughness from Charlie Morton right there. But I I was amazed that he was not removed right away after getting hit because he was obviously in pain. But he 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 went through it for three more batters, and that could become a theme for the Atlanta Braves if they want to ultimately win the World Series this season. So um, I, I talked about Atlanta's offense being good enough to hang in this series because they had just beaten up on the Milwaukee Brewers who have the best pitching staff. One of the, they were top three or four, I believe, in ERA. Uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers, I believe, were top two. I think the Giants have the top uh, overall pitching staff for the season. But they already beat up on two of the top five, at least top five, uh, pitching staffs in baseball over the course of the entire season. They were really, really good. Um, and... The, the Atlanta offense did enough in those two series to get them to this point, but it's going to be up to them limiting the Astros offense to get those four wins. That was the key that I said in yesterday's episode. The loss of Morton in this series definitely hurts the Atlanta rotation, and they're already without Oscar Yunoa uh, and Mike Soroka, two pretty good starting, uh, starting uh, pitchers in their rotation. So... They're down three starters right now, and that that's uh, that's going to be a hill to over, uh, overcome. Uh, probably bigger than Tal's Hill because that one doesn't exist anymore. But what I'm looking for in Game 2 is for Atlanta to keep their bullpen fresh. I know that that could be a tall order, but I, I want to see them mixing and matching guys. I want to see them keeping guys fresh to give them a chance in this series. They're going to have to cover more innings. The bullpen is going to have to cover more innings than initially expected. So getting an extra out here or there, here or there, uh, from their relievers could be the major difference in this series because they're they're short-staffed right now. I know that they're going to get you know, Drew Smiley or somebody uh, added to their roster, but Drew Smiley is no Charlie Morton. Can he go deep into a game? Probably not. You're probably going to have to cover a couple of more innings over the court that you wouldn't have expected to cover when you drew out your rotation and your bullpen heading into this series. So those are the the outs that I'm more so worried about. Can he be effective? Can he have 
three or four good enough innings to keep them in a game, like game four or game five, whatever game he ends up starting, uh, if it's if it is in fact Drew Smiley, uh, can he save the bullpen enough to give them a chance in all of the other games, whether or not he is good enough to win his game? That's what I'm looking for. Uh, one one big part of this game, AJ Minter came on in relief of Charlie Morton through two and two thirds innings out of the bullpen, and he threw 43 pitches, and that is just one fewer than Charlie Morton threw. He got an extra out, but that's only one fewer than the actual starter in this game, and that could play a role moving forward in this series if it goes long, which if Atlanta is going to win this series, I'm guessing that it's going to be at least a six-game series, if not a seven-game series. Uh, Dusty Baker also made a pretty shrewd move in this game, which is not being talked about from what I saw, and he took out Framber Valdez after only two innings pitched and 52 pitches thrown uh, after giving up five earned runs in those first two innings. Uh, he gave up two more in the third, but he only... Officially completed, too. Uh, Fromber could have thrown a, a couple of extra innings. I know that he was getting hit, up, hit a, a little bit there, but he could have thrown more pitches and saved the bullpen. But Dusty took him out, and maybe that's going to be enough to have him ready a game earlier than if he had thrown 100 pitches. He, I, I know that he was ineffective last night, but he wasn't his best in Game 1 of the ALCS uh, and it, he he went two and two thirds innings in that game, gave up three runs, two uh, two earned runs, before coming back in game five and going eight innings of one run ball. So he can definitely bounce back against a team that has just shellacked him. So is that going to be th the play right here? He threw about fifteen inning or uh, fifteen pitches fewer in this game one than he did in game one of the LCS. So. Maybe he's a game four starter, depending on how the rest, how games two and three play out. If the uh, Astros are up against it and they're down two to one or three zero, are they going to throw Framber Valdez out there on shorter rest than they usually would have because they need to win this game, or or they want want to even the series before they head back to Houston? It it could play a factor, is what I'm saying here. This this series is far from over. In terms of the Braves don't have this 1-1, but I am happy that Atlanta took game one. It made me happy for tonight. It, the A's got their yes vote. Atlanta won game one. Maybe it's the only game they win, but I think that Atlanta is better and this will be a closer series than I think that we've been giving it credit for. And I tried to make that point in yesterday's episode, but they've got a shot. They won game one pretty convincingly, so we'll see what happens. Uh, coming up on tomorrow's show, I am continuing on from yesterday's episode. Yesterday, I explained the the entire process of the Rule 5 draft and some of the A's guys that will be coming off of the 40-man roster and the spots that will be opening up on tomorrow's show. I'll be talking about some of the minor leaguers that are going to be eligible for the Rule 5 draft, so guys that need to be added to the 40-man roster or else they're going to be eligible for that Rule 5 draft. That's tomorrow's episode for you guys. Also, thank you so much again for making Locked On A's your first lesson. Now make your second lesson Locked On MLB Prospects. MLB Prospects. And that is where host Arm Layton, who is just a prospect encyclopedia, uh, he gets he gets you going on deep dives on the, the big league stars of tomorrow. It's a great show. Arm Layton does great work. You guys definitely want to check that one out. But that is all that I got for you guys today. So until tomorrow, 
Go on, celebrate good times, Oakland, and I will talk at you tomorrow. Tomorrow.